This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling, the home of smart and stunning wrestling takes. With your host, David the Smart Mark. He's bigger than the Beatles. And stunning Sean Burkhead. He does the Lord's work. Welcome to TC's. Yes, this is Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Don't change the channel. We are here, and I am here for the return. The return of one person. The best professional wrestling podcast co-host in the United Kingdom, David the Smart Mart, is back at Radio Free Professional Wrestling. David, how you doing? Mate, it's so good to see your face. It really, really is. It's been a while, um, unforeseen circumstances, but I am back for a bit, and I am delighted to be so. And it's just, I've, I, I, the, the words you'd never thought you'd say, I really missed you. David, the check is in the mail. It might not clear, the check is in the mail. All right, Mr. Diamond. Let's move over to the control center. I'm going to catch you guys up with the week's in wrestling professional news. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. And David, my first story is kind of a heart-touching story as you know, we're watching the G1 tournament right now for New Japan Pro Wrestling, and El Fantasma, in like a backstage interview segment after one of the shows, made it known that his grandfather had passed away while he was in Japan for this G1 tournament. So now, David, I'm kind of pulling for El Fantasma to have a couple wins because he literally was talking about how he couldn't get back to be with his family or. Because of the time difference, he couldn't call and talk to his grandmother about the passing of his grandfather. So we just want to wish the whole family all the best. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean, it's a shame because once you're in that G1, it's all encompassing for the set period of time. And I know they're getting through it, and I know we're going to talk about it as a whole later on in the podcast. But um, yeah, yeah, genuine sympathy. Um, it's just horrible. And that's, that's unfortunately the parents of being a popular professional wrestler, particularly if your bookings uh, take you all around the world. Yes, David. And currently he's sitting at zero points after three matches at the time of recording. So we're going to keep supporting El Fantasma from here on out for the tournament. And we'll see how he does later on for the, the other four matches he has in the round robin version of this tournament. David, let's go ahead and slide over to the tournament itself. And I can catch you up with the point settings as of July 24th, 2023, let's have a look at the settings. So, David, in the A block, no doubt here that Sonata, the current champion, is sitting at six points. Um, Kato Kanemaru, the guy from Noah, he's second place with five points. Here's a surprise for you, David. Chase Owens has four freaking points. <laughs> okay, so the next gentleman with four points, I was on the bandwagon coming into the tournament. Then I saw how he was re how he was doing his matches the first couple of nights, and I was like, I'm getting off of this bandwagon. This guy's ain't gonna win any matches. It's Gabe Kid, but he's turning around. He has four points right now. Brandon Rarita has two points. Jim Unalo has two points. Yoshi Tachi has one point. And what's surprising to me is Kikaleo is 0-3 going into Monday and zero points, one half of the grill of the Destinies, and he has no points on the board after three matches, and that's A block. You mentioned Gabe Kidd as well, and, you know, they always do this New Japan. They use it to push a new face, and for some reason, one of their stubble work 
and someone you would expect not to struggle necessarily, always, they always do this. The booking has always been weird with the G1, but you've always fallen back on the fact that the matches are good. Um, and it's interesting this year, very interesting. Um, I think Sonata, obviously, is good there. They're just going to take him through. What is the most interesting fact of the, all of those points you've just made is the, the, the Noah wrestler being in second place and obviously being billed, or at the moment being billed as an equal to Sonata, which is, I think, very interesting way of booking at the moment. But we should say, as you said, there's four matches at least still to go for most of the participants. Okay, Dave, I'm going to bring you into Group B. Group B is kind of like the group of death if we're looking at yeah. uh, football-like terms here. Because Okada is on top at six points. Then we got Taiji at four points. Yoshihashi has four points. Will Osprey has four points. Tanalola has two points. Kenta has two points. Great Okan has two points. And our new fan favorite, El Fantasa, has zero points. David, which one of this surprises you the most out of B-Block? Um, I tell you what surprises me out of B-Block is the fact that B-Block even exists. The fact that they didn't, you know, it's a very, very uneven set of blocks. Um, and the majority of the stars are in B-Block. Um, who do I think comes out of it? I think they will build it to an Okada, um, Will Ospreay, winner-takes-all finish. Um, and out of that, you don't know, you don't know what's in Gato's head. So... I think it will come to, ultimately, it will come to a Will Ospreay. It has to, with the way Ospreay's on the tear at the moment. New Japan have fallen back on Okada and Sonata, excuse me, that's my chest. Um, they've fallen back on the, on the old faithfuls. So it's whether they will finally, finally let Ospreay break out. Dave, I'm with you. I feel like the two people coming out of Bebop are going to be Okada and Will Ospreay. Now, C-Block, this is the David, David Finley, like... <laughs> Bill up tour because he has six points. He's the leader of, of C block. Then somehow on this planet, evil is second with four points. Then we get Eddie Kingston with four points. Tonga Tonga has four points. Um, Mikey Nichols, who is becoming quickly one of my favorite professional wrestlers. I mean, this dude is a hoss, has two points. And uh, Hanari, another guy who's quickly become one of my favorites of this tournament, has two points. Shayla Kutazi has two points. And Toroho Ishii. The Stone Pitbull has a zero point. Yeah, yeah, that's mad. That's mad, sure. But as long as, for me, from that group, as long as either, or preferably both, Ishii, I'm sorry, Ishii, Evil and Eddie Kingston um, get through. I, I, I love that. You, you know my feelings on Eddie Kingston. I, the, the man could take a dump in the ring and I'd still stand there and enjoy it. Um, but uh, Evil, I, I've always been a big fan of Evil as well. So as long as both, Slash combination of those get through. I'll be a happy Cambridge lad. Okay, let me move over to part your your like favorite block is D block because um Zach Saber Jr. is leading this away with six points. Jeff Cobb has six points as well. Gato Gato has four points. Naito has four points. Shane Hayes has two points. Hiroshi Tanashi has two points, and Tamalala has. Zero points, and Alice Collin has zero points. So there's two people in Devot with zero points. And Alice Collin, he's another guy that I enjoy seeing wrestle and has a unique look to him, too. It's it's weird, actually, because, I mean, obviously I'm happy. Uh, anyone who you listened to me before, the, the highest knows I'm a huge ZSJ fan. And his recent appearance is always short but sweet in 
AEW just enhanced that, his promos with the English accent going around using English swear words that you can only get away with in America um, was was just um, just brilliant. Um, a big fan. So as long as ZSJ gets through, I'm, I'm not really... But again, another strong group, a lot of stars in there and a lot of big stars with no points. I know, it has been a very interesting G1 tournament. We'll come back to it during the 76 questions. I want to give your thoughts about the first week of the tournament. Let's go on to our next news story. As while you were away, David, one of our personal favorites, Tom Dawkins, last Carnival, went to his Instagram account and gave us an update to his health condition. If, if you remember, he had one of the best cage matches in history back in April as he was going after the Progress World title against Spike Trevay. Somewhere in the middle of this match, dude shatters his foot and wrestles another 20 minutes, David. And now he's looking at another year before he'll know if he can ever get back in the wrestling ring. We're going to repost his GoFundMe. He set one up after the event to help cover the cost of getting looked at and possibly a surgery down the road here, which I think is coming up sometime later this month, David. Yes, that's that's correct, Sean. Um... I'd just like to add, if you don't know, um, because Sean and myself have gone on about this guy, I introduced Sean to him, as Sean often quite introduces me to um, indie stars as well. Um, Cara Noir, Tom Dawkins, the Black Swan, former ballet, kind of former ballet dancer, just fantastic. Now, if you want to know why Sean and myself like this guy so much, Progress have just put on YouTube his two out of three falls match with Ilya Dragunov go watch it you don't have to you don't have to sign up for pro, uh, demand progress you can see it you can see why this guy is something special um, in the same way when we consider someone like Dragunov um, initially we liked Walter Gunther until you know he stole Sean's ideal woman um, but yeah this is the reason it's on the progress website I saw it about less than 24 hours ago that it's up there, in conjunction with Tom's GoFundMe. Um, I donated, and I got a lovely email back from him. I know Sean has. Um, please, if you can stick £5, $5, anything, even a quid, it will, it, even if it means he's healthy, but all the years of pleasure he's given, and if it does mean he gets back in the ring, great, but I'm more personally bothered about his, his health at the moment. Please support that. He deserves it. Exactly, David. I just want him to have a healthy post-wrestling career, especially after how severe this injury is. If you haven't noticed, if you don't know how severe this injury is, this gentleman probably has at least four fractures in his foot, at least four. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, it's the typical tough-as-nails tough wrestling mentality. Even Spike um, dropped character because he couldn't believe what he'd done. In that particular match, he'd gone on and carried on for 20 minutes to complete the storyline. It's just amazing. Okay, David, I'm moving over to our next story. As Nick Aulis, the national treasure, has wrapped up his contract with Impact Wrestling. David, where do you want to see the national treasure go next? Well, the rumor has it, as you already know, that he's being he's in talks with WWE as a backstage um, match planner, booker, um, etc. Now, personally, 
I hope he gets every penny he can. I hope he signs for the WWE and gets every penny he can because he deserves it. He's been a success wherever he's been. He's carried titles with dignity. He's good in the ring. His promos are brilliant. He looks the part. I actually hope they use him in the ring as well because I think he could teach some of the kids an awful lot of good stuff. But I just wish him, I hope he gets every single penny and maximizes his salary from the WWE before he packs up because he deserves it. So, David, we got one person possibly going to the WWE slash NXT. We have another person who left the WWE and went back to Impact, and that was Eric Young. As he had an interview with Denise of Asario, and he was explaining that he left the company due to the fact that a certain person came back into power in said company, and the plans for him were changed. So he said he didn't get released from his contract. I'm thinking his contract ran out, and he was able to slide back into Impact Wrestling for Slammiversary, and I'm kind of happy that Eric Young is back in Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I am. I mean, there was also, I can't remember who did the interview, but it was a reasonably, um, a reasonably reputable interview in that he said, once Vince McMahon came back, um, and no matter what people say, I know we can have a chat about this further on, but you, you've got to think that Vince is pulling some strings. Um, but he, he didn't want to work for Vince, so he had options. He took them. He's impact wrestling is part of his home. He's working with Scott DeMore again, who obviously they've, you know, they've, part of Team Canada they always have been and, and I guess always will be. And you know what? Even though it's predictable on Slammiversary, apart from one, one side of Slammiversary, I actually watched it. There's a confession for you. And I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it as a card. I've seen a lot more offensive stuff out of bigger companies than Slammiversary was this year. Okay, man. Last news story for you. If you're looking for WrestleMania for your tickets, get ready because the second week of August, they're coming on sale. It's probably the earliest I have seen WrestleMania tickets go on sale before, David. And Gray is probably in the worst place in the world because I'm a Cowboys fan. It's Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> um, well, I don't know what to say to that. Obviously, um, you know, it's common knowledge already that the Dallas is going to win the entire NFL this coming season and go through the season unbeaten. Um, so I don't really know what to say to that. Well, we're going to in our control center here, David. We're going over to the 76 questions. And yes, I know you've been missing the 76 questions. So I have devised a very special 76 question for you. You're very kind. It's time for the stunning six question. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. Okay, my first stunning question for you, David. We're six days into the G1 tournament, and personally to me, this might be a very hot take. It has been a very, if I can quote MJF, mid-G1 tournament. No, in fact, it's been very disappointing. I'm very disappointing. There's not been a standout one. I mean, okay, from a personal perspective, purely personal perspective, Osprey losing his first match instantly put me on the downer. And it's only Zack Sabre Jr. at the moment that's remotely keeping me interested because I can see Osprey. They're leading to an Osprey Okada end um, in that in one in one group. Hopefully Zack will go through. So I'm almost like I'm waiting. I was like, come on, get interesting, get interesting. Let's have some five stars, not as in Meltzer, and you know, not as in the the, the Meltzer loving five stars, as in 
some proper five stars. Oh, sorry, we're not allowed to strike Dave up, are we? Okay, so David, I've got a feeling maybe they're saving themselves later on for the second week or towards the end of this G1 tournament to kick it into another gear. Now, one thing yes. I do enjoy about the new setup for G1 are the four blocks and the fact that all these cards so far have about, been about three and a half hours. So it's been like consumable to me. I know you always say, hey, it's the one time where it's at a civilized time for all you British wrestling fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, Sean. Um, it, it is, but it is and it isn't at the moment because obviously, as they hit you hard and fast, it's all right. It, you know, but but no, I'm not knocking it. But I would just wish they were slightly better. Valid point about the three and a half hour cards. Yeah, a lot better in that respect. You know, David, I don't mind waking up at five eight a.m. Eastern instead of oh hey two a.m. Eastern for a longer card. Five a.m. is a perfect time for the East Coast. So, perfectly fine with it. Okay, David, my second standing question for you. This one is kind of one of my favorite professional wrestlers from AEW who yep. really didn't have a great run with the company. I yep. don't know if it was him or it was the bookers in AEW, but... Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You did it. You did know, Sean. <laughs> you do know. Go on, sorry. So, there's rumors going around that we know Brian Pillman Jr.'s contract is out for AEW. He has left the company. And rumors are saying that he may go to NXT. David, how would Brian Pillman Jr. fit in NXT? Honestly, I don't think he should go to NXT. I see just get straight to the main roster. Uh, you answered your, I think you answered your own question. It was a rhetorical question. He was poorly booked. The Varsity Blondes didn't work, and they could have picked up on that. Whereas Pillman, you've got the name, you've got the look. You've got a pure white meat, uh, me, old school baby face there. You just have... Um, and I think he should go rough. I really do. Not SmackDown. SmackDown's a better program. Um, and I think he should start straight away in Raw. Give him a chance. Um, almost give him a minder as well. You know, I've, I've a senior guy take him under his wing. Under his wing. Um, I, I don't, I think NXT, right, okay, let me put it to you like this. No one, no one, even if they're good in NXT, comes out of NXT with any credit because the programming and the matches and the, the the opposition, he would struggle against some of them green green gits in in NXT. He needs to go straight to Raw for me. You know, David, I'm sitting here as you're doing your uh, point, and I'm kind of thinking in my head, like, who is down in NXT that could take Brian Pillman Jr. and Rizzo Wing and lead him through some good matches? It, besides Ilya Dragunov, I'm coming up with not too many people, so I kind of feel like it should be your idea of bringing him onto Raw. You know what? Jesuit Day has been looking for another member. Let's put it with Finn. You could, right, Sean? We both know this because we this is this is what we would do. It's not what they would do. You've got a name. You've got a name there. You've got the family. Show some Brian Pillman footage. Show some flying Brian footage. They, they own the WCW footage. They can show some of that. The association with Austin. What about bringing Austin in a couple of weeks to, you know, as a, as a support? As a support blanket because of the relationship that was there. Do some vignettes. Do some build-up. They don't do that anymore for any incoming wrestler. So by the time he debuts, everyone's hot for him. Stick him on his first couple of nights. Bring Steve up from Texas. Have Steve come out to the ring. Say, my old mate, my old tag team partner, this is his prodigy. Prodigy. You know, I fully endorse this lad. And bring him out. You know, Austin's pat on the back. It's not rocket science, Sean, is it? Oh, 
Hey, David, I just came up with a spot here. Listen to me about this, okay? We're coming into SummerSlam. Why not have Grayson Waller have Stone Cold Steve Austin on the Grayson Waller effect? Waller attacks Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Brian Pillman Jr. jumps the rail and saves Stone Cold Steve Austin. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And will they do that? No. <laughs> well, you know, will they do either of them? Both good ideas. Really good ideas. Great introduction. Hot crowd. You know. So, yeah. Okay, so the one thing that ticks me off about his time in AEW is the fact that they tried to form a different version of the Four Horsemen. He had Arn Anderson and Brock Anderson. Then they brought Brian Pillman Jr. over. I was thinking, this could be a good, uh, good idea since he's not doing anything with the varsity bonds because Griff Garrison's injured. And David, it kind of got forgotten. It did. It did, mate. But yeah, that was AEW. That's what my point is about AEW. Don't forget... And I'll go back to it, and you won't change me on this. If they see someone who's young and talented, they're just going to shit on him. Uh, it's been a pretty good theory so far in the first three years of AEW. Well, let's face it, there are some prime examples. Okay, David, we're going over to our third stunning question here. Should a WWE do anything with this organic support that L.A. Knight has found? Because apparently they don't want to do anything with L.A. Knight. Yeah, it's a really good question. It's a really clever question because obviously there are two schools of thought. You're either down with you're either down with LA Knight and you're on board with it and you love it a bit like we we both do. Let's face it, I think that's fair unless you've changed your opinion while I've been away. We're both big big fans. We like Eli Drake. We like LA Knight. I in the recent Money in the Bank and the recent UK tour, he was so so over with. The, the audience, it was beyond belief. It's been a long while since I've seen an American that over with a UK crowd, and they just lapped him up. Um, but I can also see the counter-argument in that he's just ripping off The Rock and so cold. Certainly The Rock. You can see the voice, the demeanor, the actions. There's a similarity there. You can't deny it. However, I think he's talented enough to go beyond that. I really, really do. I love the Let Me Talk To You um, line. Absolutely fantastic. Simple. Um, but, yeah, well, should the, 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 the question was, should the WWE do anything with this LA Knight fan support? Of course they should. Then you follow it up with, will they? No. Because it's not their chosen one to be the next one to receive a rocket up their butt. It's a bit like CM Punk and, when the, and Brian Danielson, um, or Daniel Bryan as he was then, when the crowd just turned around and said, no, you can shove all this, who you like, all you like, but we like this guy, and we're going to continue to cheer him no matter what you do. David, if I could draft L.A. Knight over to AEW Collision and not AEW Dynamite, I yes. would love to see him at Collision because that is the proper wrestling show now. It's the best wrestling show of the week. Yeah, we're gonna, I think we're going to come on to this, aren't we? Certainly in the good, the bad, and the ugly, my, in my good, Sean, but yes, you're absolutely bang on. Okay, so far, I have been cheering you up with all these stunning questions. I'm going to bring you down with stunning question number four. Okay, stunning question number four. If Bray Wyatt comes back to the WWE at SummerSlam, who should he face? Well, there's only one answer for me, if and that's if it's possible, and that's Randy Orton. Ooh, that, that, would, that would be good, David. If he's back, because they have, quite simply... They have an unfinished business, and they could bring Randy back, get it done, and then move on. 
and that would be a big match to put on SummerSlam. And if they would basically not have any cinematic BS. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just let them, these two guys have a proper wrestling match. Randy Orton can... Because both of them can wrestle. Both of them can wrestle. They've just not been... Well, certainly Bray Wyatt's not been allowed to. He's had to do all this stupid... Oh. Yeah, all that Hocus Pocus BS, yes. That's all he's been allowed to do for the last forever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that would be my... That's the only one, and, and it works for me. You can bring him back. They have unfinished business. There's a reason for putting them together, and it would be a big match, particularly if it's Orton's first one back, and they just hold off Wyatt being in the ring until then. Because both of them can promo as well. Yeah, yeah. Both of them are great on the promo, and I feel like that's all we've seen for Bray Wyatt. I feel like that's what the WWE wants from us. It's like this hocus-pocus BS like we've been saying, but they let him cut these crazy, insane promos. Yeah. David, my fifth sending question for you. This past week in American TV, we had 14 hours of professional wrestling on TV, but we were only able to find about 14 freaking minutes. I'll take it back. Strike that. 44 freaking minutes time for women professional wrestling in a week. David, that's a joke. Right. Okay. First up, really interesting stuff. 14 hours of American TV wrestling. Very, very interesting chat. Um, now, I, I, I've obviously had a chance to look at this. Um, we only got four, 44 minutes of women's wrestling. How disappointing is this? To answer that question, hugely. But, Sean, I'm going to tell you why in a minute. You tell me why, and let's see if we come to the same conclusion. Okay, because there's not a major female professional wrestler in a position of power in any of these companies. Yeah, great point. And also, I'm going to follow that up with another point, and I've been saying it for a long while, and I've got shit for it. A lot of them are not very good. Yes, there's a majority of them are not to the level of said comparable person of a male persuasion. And I'm not being mean. I like, I love, I mean, you know, you, you've known me long enough now to know when I find a ladies wrestler that I like for the wrestling ability, I'm behind them. 100%. We had it with Gigi Dolan. We have, we've had it with Kaylee Ray. Um, now the, um, I can't believe her name, it's escaped me. The new lass in, uh, the, the new Rio in ICW. Another British race, absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm waiting for Thunder Rosa to come out. I love Thunder Rosa. I like Brit in AEW. Um, you know, but there's not enough of them. All they want to do is just do stupid, no, where we heard this before, do stupid spots to get themselves over. And they end up injuring each other and themselves. And, and that, I think, is that is a definitely a knock-on effect for me. It's a great start. If, as you say, disappointing. And it is disappointing. Okay, David, what led me down this road for this question was back on last week's episode of AEW Dynamite, the quote-unquote button guts edition of AEW Dynamite. We had a very short Britt Baker match, and I was like, what the freaking beep? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, it, yeah, and it's great. Sean, it's a great question. It's a great start, but unfortunately, it is disappointing. Yeah, and... And there's, there's not a lot I can personally say. I've been going on about this for ages, about, you know, losing Regal in AEW was the opportunity for um, the girls to learn. I've noticed Finley's back in NXT teaching the women. That is a great move. Oh, while we're on this question, I can go back to part of my rant from this weekend's episode where I was like, why in the world is GD Dillon losing to Kiana James? 
it's NXT, mate. We like I've said this for ages and ages before my hiatus, before all of this NXT, and that's why that again goes to the Filman point. If Filman goes in NXT, he'll look it. It won't work. It won't work. He will not come out of it looking well because it's NXT. David, I was so infuriated about the outcome of that match. I felt like going down to Orlando with a big old poster saying "Free Gigi Doan." But also, they managed to make it. If they do come up to the main roster, they managed to forget about all that for some strange reason. It's almost like an acknowledgement that not many people watch it. It's a load of tripe. So we're starting fresh now. Exactly, David. I'm going to move on for this point. We'll come back to it maybe in a couple of weeks to see how this goes along. David, my sixth sending question for you. We have this past the one-year anniversary of the short-term departure of one Vince Kenny McMahon from the WWE. He was gone for about six months, found a way to come back through the back door to take the company back just in order to sell to Endeavor or merge with Endeavor, however way you want to see it. David, what do you think about the past year of WWE and the life and times of one Kenny Vincent and McMahon? Right. Simple, really, with this. The six months of Vince was away, the product definitely improved. There's no two ways about it. Everyone's acknowledging that. Since he's been back, but not back, everyone knows he's back, he's had, you can see the little influences that are mudmarlisms. You can see them in the product. However, in answer to your question, that was your actual question, 12 months down the line, the product is still in a better place than it was 12 months ago. You have come to the conclusion, or you're still coming to the conclusion, of one of the best feuds the WWE has had in my time of watching their product, which is the Bloodline feud. And obviously that's going to come to, I think that will finally end at SummerSlam. Um, so that's been a bonus. There are some good young prospects. I'm glad, you know, Austin Theory, I like the Brutes. Um, you know, you've still got AJ Styles, who's a consummate professional. You've still got Balak, consummate professional. I like Judgment Day. Um, you know, there are still plus points in that. <laughs> um, I think the product is more consistent than AEW, when I never thought I'd say that, um, 18, 12, 18 months, two years ago. Um, AEW have turned me right off recently um, to their product, but I'm going to come on to that. Um, so, but the actual answer, I think the product, the WWE product, has it, it's, it's not as it was six months ago, but it's still better than it was 12 months ago. Does that make sense? It does, David. I feel the same way with you. I feel like the product was a lot better, and I feel like there was more goodwill with the WWE after the departure of Vincent Kenny McMahon this time last year. And I feel like everybody was waiting to see what would happen with him and how he was going to get back in power because he's kind of like a vampire. You know, you can't get rid of him unless you drive a stake through his heart. And I thought that since he left, I was going like, he can't stay away. This guy basically whole persona is built around this company. I mean, what is Visit Kenny McMahon without this company? I do think, and this may be in the next 18 months, that he will be forced to stay away from the impending court charges and some of his conduct, again, will come back to bite him on the bum and he will have to let go. You know, I, that's a bold prediction there, David, and it may come true. I'm just happy that there's this new entity when they merge together that he's not technically totally on paper in control. There's maybe somebody above him that may have the option to keep him out of the WWE if something happens again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um but we'll see. We'll see. Um but yeah the I I've what I tell you what, I've I have i have started to creep in. 
I certainly don't miss SmackDown now, and having bloody collision is, and Rampage now, it, it, it's a pain in the bum, to be fair. You mentioned about your 14 hours, because obviously they're all at the same time, and SmackDown had become an essential watch for me. Rather than Raw, I find I still felt the fact that Raw's three hours, and obviously the UK difference, I find myself ignoring Raw more for SmackDown. Um, I would only watch NXT as if I see you absolutely glowing about something from it. Um, and, and that's, you know, because I've had a beef with NXT for years. Well, David, we're going in our 76 questions here, and we're sliding over to one, I feel like, one of your favorite segments of the show. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly in the week that was professional wrestling. David, where do you want to start? You're, no, 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 I'm, you, you, you choose my handsome friend. Okay, David, since you've been gone, what has been the thing that you feel like is the best? What is your good? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one as, a, one as a general and one as a sighter. I really, really enjoyed the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Really enjoyed it, top to bottom. Really did. The only disappointment was LA Knight not winning the Money in the Bank um, catch-in. I thought that was a little bit silly. They should have... I know why, obviously, the, 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 they, they've done it, but then that's been a waste of time now. Proven a waste of time. So it was like, why did you do that? But as a show, as a standalone, really enjoyed that. And one of the plus points over time and it's proving to be so, is my good, is AEW Collision. It is a wrestling show. It is a proper wrestling show. And finally, some of the wrestlers that we've been wanting to see do well on AEW um, are doing so, such as Bullet Club Gold, Miro being back. Miro, I love Miro. Um, and, and it's working. You've got Punk. You've got um, Derby. You know, they're bringing Ricky Starks out again. It's just, it's just brilliant. And I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I messaged you on this week that this is a wrestling show. The, the opening promo, really enjoyed it. Didn't drag. Um, it's just, and you've got, again, this week, I could have run myself ragged around my room. You've got Nigel and Ian Riccoboni on commentary. You've got a proper, decent, knowledgeable, non-insulting commentary team. Fantastic. David, I'm right there with you. I'll piggyback here on your good... And I'll add the fact that Collision is just such a breeze to watch, and it leaves you wanting more. Yeah. It's a fast two-hour watch on a Saturday night, and it feels totally different than AEW Dynamite, thank God. And like you said, they have the best announced thing with Nigel and Eden Rick and Body, and when you get Kevin Kelly back, you can just toss, toss Kevin Kelly and have a three-man booth with all three of them. I feel like that would be entertaining. What was your fuss about the... Two out of three falls, FTR versus Bullet Club Gold match. Was it the best American TV tag team match in history, like one Dave Meltzer said? Oh, boy, here we go. Okay. Stop grinning, because you know you've set me up. It was a brilliant TV match. Was it the greatest American TV tag match? I can't say, because I've not seen every American TV tag match. Once Meltzer gets involved, it ruins. Standard phrase, Dave Meltzer ruins everything. Completely ridiculous. And particularly when you're talking about a stone-cold idiot in Meltzer. Now, that's my opinion. People like him or people loathe him. The match was absolutely fantastic. And this is what Collision is doing. It's bringing out... We all know about FTR. And individually, we knew about Juice and Finley. And, you know, the fact that Bullet Club Gold, that could have really fallen on its hearts. 
they've got lucky because it hasn't. They're very, very good together and it's working. There's the proof. Or we think about Dave Meltzer saying this is the greatest American TV tag team wrestling match. My first instinct was uh, Dave Meltzer. I grew up in the South. I know the Midnight Express and Rock and Roll Express. And I'm thinking they had to have a match just as good as this one. I will go as far to say this two out of three falls match with FTR and Blood Club Glow. Blood Club Gold is probably the best modern day professional wrestling tag team match on TV. And I'm saying modern era from like 1993-94. Once Vincent Man successfully took over all of the territories, there was never another territory out there with TV. And he still have WCW, and there's probably some good WCW tag team matches there that can rival this. But I would say from 1993 onward, this is in my top five tag team matches. When you made that point on social media, I sat there in my own house and applauded. It's a dumb thing to do, but I did. I don't know why a bit, but I did buy it. But I was adult about it. And, and, and do you know what? We have an obligation. We do this for many reasons. This podcasting malarkey about wrestling. There's lots of people that do it. We have an obligation. Yeah, we're going to give our opinions. Of course we are. Um, but that's where we have a, an obligation to, I don't know. I don't want to influence people. I want to turn around and say, watch that. You might like it. If you don't, fine. Like you, I'm not here to influence anybody. I'm just here to point out, hey, this was kind of interesting. This is why I thought about it. You can hate it, like it, or lump whatever say. That's cool, okay? I'm sorry, guys, if I've offended anyone, but um, I have to get that off my chest. Okay. Okay, so, David, we went through our good for the last little bit of time here. While you're being gone, yeah. what has been a thing that's been kind of meh, kind of bad? Uh, AEW Dynamite. A really, really bad last consistent. Oh, I'm, I'm generalizing here because obviously I've had time off. Um, AEW Dynamite to me has been hugely. I used to go to bed on a third Wednesday night getting all excited. Come on, stay awake, stay awake. It's Dynamite, it's time to work. And no, not anymore. I'm, I'm not bothered. I'll, I will look at the reports in the morning and then I'll watch it and I'll scan it. Um, I found it really, really poor. Didn't enjoy Forbidden Door, um, although it was nice to see Osprey. Um, beat Kenny, um, but I don't know. Um, yeah, Dynamite, I found it really poor. And the contrast to Collision also makes Dynamite look poor. You know, David, I'm right there with you on that. I feel like a, it's kind of like a tale of two cities in a way. It seems like since Collision has come on board, the quality of AEW Dynamite has gone down just a hair. And parts of it can be skippable now. Now, personally, my bad, I'm going over to this show that Really doesn't need is this anymore. It's AEW Rampage. I'm like looking at this going, this is probably part of their contract deal they had already with this every time warmer. But when this comes up to be renewed, I would be like, you know this Friday night at 10 p.m. slot you gave us? You can have it back. Yeah. Can, or can, can we yeah. add another hour to Collision? Or can we add another hour to AEW Dynamite? We don't need this Friday little one hour window because it, it's, it's obsolete now since you got Collision. It's funny you should say that because there's very, very strong rumors. One of those things that you've just said they're doing, that with the success of Collision from the quality of the show, that they are looking at being in Rampage, but unfortunately adding a third hour onto Dynamite. You know, David, everything they can get rid of is Battle of the Belts because that has been a total failure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree entirely, mate. I agree entirely. But hey, that's, that's my bad. Hey, hey David, you want a fun fact? Fun factoid, you could go to a bar and win a bar bet with. 
Oh, How many sh- title changes have been on a battle of belts in the first six episodes of this? Right. Okay, question. there's been no, 19 matches. Short. How many of the 19 in it in a title change? Still, uh, I'm going to go somewhere safe. I'm going to get 12. <laughs> well, okay. We're an audio-only podcast, so you can't see what I'm doing. But the whole time I've been doing this question, I actually flashed the answer to David, but he just didn't know it. The answer oh, is wow, one. really? Wow. I didn't really. Do you know what? It just shows how much it had gone over my head. The show itself really gone over my head. Um, I mean, I've got a question for you. Before we do the ugly, because I'm not, I don't know whether we're going to get chance. What did you think of Death Before Dishonor? You know, I haven't seen Death for Death for Dishonor yet. This for this for the fact that there has been so many wrestling shows going on that yeah, I you know I'm waiting to get paid here so I can actually buy because it's like forty dollars to watch Ring of Honor and there's two matches I want to see on that. It's the two main events they had. I want to see those. So eventually I will watch Ring Death for Dishonor. But from what I've heard, what I read on the internet. It was a good ROH card, and I wish, since we were talking about this one-hour time slot, instead of it being AEW Rampage, can we not just make it ROH, Honor Club, whatever you want to name this ROH TV show? Yeah, um, yeah. Now, I'm slightly different to that. I watched it, and I was disappointed. The opening match between Commander and Gravity was truly awful. It was truly awful. Um, they just didn't gel. There were so many box spots. It wasn't great. I felt it was a rushed together card. I mean, obviously, they couldn't help the Mark Briscoe scenario with Mark Briscoe getting injured. And then I think it was very clever to to go from blood and guts to just quickly shove pack in there. But also, I felt that some of the packs, talent and standing, it was a bit of a sacrificial lamb because they were never going to put the title on him. So they, I think they shoved him in there just for buys. Um, but the result was obviously forthcoming um yeah the 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 the, um the four-way tag match is very much worth the watch and i was pleasantly surprised by the outcome there um but then impact have done that to me with subculture winning i've got to get that in quick subculture becoming impact tag team champions on slammiversary well done um mark andrews um and oh blimey my memory is this is it's atrocious at the moment and um the mod father. Um, anyway, yeah, there's some culture winning that. So two two good tag team matches there. Um, and yeah, the main event. You, yeah, go on, sure. You know what, David? I'm right there with you. Uh, Flash Morgan Webster. Flash Morgan Webster, thank you, Donald. I mean, Subculture is one of those acts that I wish would be on a bigger stage. But I'm happy where they're at because they're at a position where they're getting shown on weekly TV, even though it's Access TV and Access is to have the biggest reach in North America. But still, they're there. They're kicking ass. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. That's a yeah, great point, Sean. Sorry, carry on. Okay, David, we did our good. We did our bad. What has been the thing that you wish you get back on this podcast and yelled about? Simple two words. Um, and he consistently, constantly and consistently lets the wrestling business down and makes an embarrassment of a product that I love and have adored for nearly 50 years now, and that is simply John Moxley. Pack up, retire, sod off, and when you get there, sod off some more. I do not want to see you, images of you, and your stupid deathmatch stuff on telly. It ruins it completely. You know, David, I was watching Bud and Guts, and... You know, it felt like War Games 
for it a little bit. I was happy they brought weapons into it. I know a lot of people were kind of turned off with the fact they used weapons. Now, one of the weapon choices, I was going like, this might be a bridge too far for this type of match. And you know what I'm talking about. It's a bed I would not lie on. Right. Some points for you about Blood and Guts. It's a war games match, right? When you listen to our podcast, what have we consistently said? It used to be one of our favorite old school matches for war games. Yeah? Is that fair? Yes, it's one of my favorite matches, yes. When have you ever watched a war games match where every individual had a, an entrance at the five-minute point? True. Usually you would have them by, by the cage waiting to go in. They're all around the... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Building the tension, maybe a few verbals, maybe even the odd punch throw, maybe even the scrub, just building it up till I get in that rig. Yeah? Didn't do that. The weapons, you've named it. You've, you've nailed it already. The weapons were ridiculous. Mostly getting in straight away, giving forks to everyone. And, and do you know what tickled me? The look on Pat's face when he gave him a fork. And you almost confirmed. That almost gave away that the, I'm going to, you know, the, uh, the, what was going to happen with Pat later on in the match. Um, you know, because it was like, okay, when it was announced, it's a strange choice, but I'm just happy to see Pat Bath on Valley's fit, on Valley's back, because I've loved, you know, loved him for years, etc. But it was just awful. It really, really was. And you say the better nails. What does he think? He's an Indian faker that lies down on there and, you know, as someone walked across him, um, you know, to heal, heal his back problems. Because, you know, obviously that's what they're genuinely used for in real life. Just ridiculous. See, David, I'm, my problem with that was once you do a moonsault onto a person, onto a bed of nails, that should be the end. That should be like, <laughs> hey, dude, I surrender. I'm referee. Ring the freaking bell. She finished him. She goes, yeah. I didn't mind the finish, but the camera work missed it. You didn't realize what had gone on. Exactly, David. Me and Ashley have been talking about this the last two weeks on the weekend edition of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. AEW has a serious production miscue, flaw, inadequacy. I don't know if they're hiring people locally to do a lot of production, but they honestly made me wish Kevin Dunn could teleport over from WWE last week. And boy, that's just me dressing at straws. <laughs> yeah, I'm not desperate. I'm not desperate. That's <laughs> desperate. Yeah, I mean, mate, I... I... I don't know. But yeah, Moxley, Moxley, um, that image of him with all the spikes in his head when he did that Japanese show um, in between Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts, it was just, mate. You're a former WWE world champion. You you know, you're, you're an AEW world champion. Carry yourself with a little, we talked about Nick Aldis. Could you imagine Nick Aldis doing that? You know, he carry yourself as a champion. Could you imagine Flair doing that? Yeah, Flair bled, but he did it for effect and he did it at the right time. You know, and, and the Moxley hasn't got bleach blonde there. Um, I don't know, surely. It, it just, I've got further, more and more just, and you know what, I keep wanting to, I keep wanting to message him and say, keep a shirt on as well. I know I'm not a particularly fine figure of a man anymore, but, you know, you put him next to Claudio and Pac, and although I have to say, I wasn't expecting Koda Ibushi to come out in that condition either, were you? Well, I mean, me and Ashley talked about it on the weekend edition of, of the show, but hey, no, it's fine. I'm just kicking it back for people who may have listened or want to go back and listen to it. Me and Ashley got around to the point that she learned through a um, after the show um, speech from King Omega that Koda Ibushi flew in the day before um, Rampage. So we're thinking, 
jet lag could be a possibility there. Since it's basically like a 16-hour time difference between Tokyo and the East Coast, okay? And the fact that he's coming off of a serious major injury from his time in New Japan Pro Wrestling. On top of the fact that that departure from New Japan Pro Wrestling was not one bit amiable. I mean, they had some bad blood. No, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. And I think we know why. Some of the reasons probably why now. Um, but yeah, all right. Now, 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 granted, for New Japan Pro Wrestling's defense here, the people in charge now aren't the same people that had the issue with Kota Ibushi. They kind of change over. Yeah, yeah. But even so, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to read that. Ashley, sorry, sorry, my sweet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, Moxley, Moxley can do one for me. I'm, I'm done with it. Really, yeah. You know, Debbie, you led me right into my other. If you haven't paid it up on it, it was the fact that AEW for the last month or so have had these freaking miscues. They had one Saturday night. Oh, hi, Jay White. David, what's Jay White's finisher? It's the Blade Runner, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, of course it is, yeah. He says up for the Blade Runner, and they pan the camera to the outside. He almost missed Jay White in the finish. They, they did, yes. But it, it seems to be a common thing, as I say. Um, yeah, the Blood and Guts finish. You were wondering what what was gone because they they just they, you know it wasn't a bad finish because obviously Moxley realised they were down to three members and um, Claudio was the outside the outside the cage and Wheeler was being hung by the chain and um, you know it's like so he, it was a good reason to tap out and then they missed the handshake because they got off the air which I don't think would have been a bad thing to put on air how, how do you feel about that Okay so we're talking about down the road here AEW. And Tom Water talk about contract decisions. If I was Tony Khan and I was the owner of the best, highest rating show on their platform, I'd be like, hi, I would love to have 10 to 15 minute overrun on my weekly Russian show because we're the number one show on your channel. And no, you don't need to go to Dwayne Wade and the Cube or whatever reality TV show or movie you have after that, right at 10 o'clock, you can wait to 10.15 because we're giving you the ratings. Yeah, it's, it's weird because that would have only taken two or three minutes or they could have just brought the finish forward because of the nature of the finish. They could have brought that forward. They could have gone home, could have gone home sooner. I, 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 yeah, it's, it's weird, Sean. It's, it's, but the thing is, it's basics as well. You know, it's basics, but hey, what do I know? Well, David... This has wrapped up this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. It's nice to have you back. Can, can I just say, Sean, to all the guys that you've dragged in and worked with you on my behalf, thank you very much, Ashley, all the guys that you've you, you've had. I know there's been one or two dodgy apples in the but you know in the in the barrel, but you can you know you've got to work with what you've got, mate. And you've done a sterling job. Um, I'm hoping to be back for a few weeks until surgery. Um, and thank you, guys, to the, to all the standings. Well, before we go, David, since we're having this return of David the Smart Mart, there's something missing from Radio Free Professional Wrestling. A certain cup. Hello, Randall. How you doing? Yes, I'm speaking to you now, Randall. I want this rematch. I don't care if it's a four-way with me, David Gray, who uh, delusionally thinks he's the Churchill Cup champion. I don't know how he thinks that. But, hey, let's sell all this at All In and All Out. Winner takes all. How about it? Can I make a suggestion, Sean? Yes, and we can think on about it because we have the time. You mentioned you mentioned Randy. You mentioned Greg. You mentioned you. You mentioned me. What is the obvious thing that we do? Right. Team Churchill Cup. Never been done before. 
Ooh, ooh, ooh. Allied Powers versus Team Canada. I kind of like the sound of this. We can have, yeah, Team Rate, Team RFPW versus Team whatever they want to call themselves. Team Rickroll Syrup, Team Canadian Bacon. Ooh, Team Justin Beaver. Justin Beaver or Beaver? I think Beaver's probably better, although I don't think he's ever seen a Beaver. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Radio Free Professional Wrestling. That has been David the Smart Mark. Until we see you this weekend for another edition of Radio Free Pro Wrestling on the weekend, have a stunning start to your week and enjoy your prefer- your professional wrestling. And welcome back, David the Smart Mark. Great to be back, mate. I missed you. Missed everyone. Love you all. See you soon. Christina here. On behalf of the guys, thanks for listening. Like the show? Do us a favor and share it with a friend. Have a stunning question? Email it to the show at radiofreeprowrestling at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Radio Free Pro Wrestling. Stay stunningly.